Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. When he was here on earth, Jesus took three years, give or take, to pour himself into 12 guys, three of whom would change the world as we know it. We'd change their world and consequently ripple into our, our world and begin what is known as the church age, the New Testament church. Um, and he did all of that with two words, follow me, to, to these 12 men. They did that, their lives were changed, and many of ours are today because of that. We're going to talk about what it means to follow, follow him these next few weeks, and I want you to kind of zero in on the, on, on the bedrock principles of what we're going to talk about today, being, being one of those for sure, uh, and talking about following, following the instructions. Uh, Webster defines following as to go, to proceed, or to come after, to engage, I love this, to engage in as a calling or way of life. That's what following means. And we're going to look today initially at following the instructions. What do the instructions say? Anybody ever put together a swing set? Especially one from Japan or Bangladesh or, you know, Korea or somewhere. There aren't enough pieces. You're always short. It's, it's always metric tools that you've got to work with instead of standard tools. And three days later, you're still cussing the box with the parts that are left over from, from the swing set. Now, this swing set that we have out here beside the church was made in America with American parts. Uh, in fact, Rodney and Jared helped me put that, put that together. It, it took us a while because it's, it's rather involved, but everything was there. Everything was packaged properly. Everything was in sections when it was packaged. Zones so you could tell which, which, which to start first. And, and it, you could tell that somebody made in America wrote the instructions because they actually made sense and, and were, were, had some order to them. If we learn this, this instruction book vividly, intentionally, it's going to make sense to us because that's the Holy Spirit's desire is to reveal it, to open it up, open its pages up, open its truths up to where we not only see it and admire it, but are moved by it and, and live by it and walk by it. Turn to Exodus chapter 23. We're going to look at this, this first uh, point in what the instructions to, uh, say. Exodus 23, uh, chapter 23, verse 2 says this. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. When you give testimony in a lawsuit, do not pervert justice by siding with the crowd. So this first point is the instructions say the, the crowd is usually wrong, and they are. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. Most of us can recall the times we followed the crowd and regretted it uh, because of decisions we made. Perhaps we'd done that in innocence or in adolescence, but we were influenced in a direction we wouldn't otherwise choose to go because of the crowd. And we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves. This verse is saying the crowd can't be trusted, or the majority can't for the most of the time. He also says here that the just, the right, the truthful, usually find themselves standing alone or standing not in a very big crowd for sure most of the time. 
Why does the crowd usually win? Because we allow volume, and by volume, I mean numerical volume and audible volume. We allow volume to trump what is of value. So that volume wins out over what is valuable. And, and that's often the case. Um, which is, guys, let me ask you this question. Which is more well-received in your house? To complain about your dinner every night to your wife about how it tastes or to buy your wife a cookbook or perhaps neither of those things to stop and get dinner on the way home. Um, yeah. It's, uh, we, we have perpetuated a culture where the loudest one wins. Whoever's loudest wins. And you see that all across all, all different kinds of forms of media today. Uh, and this verse tells us, God, the Lord tells us through this verse that where the crowd is is not the right place to be. It is because the crowd is usually wrong. The crowd usually finds itself in the wrong. Now, turn to Leviticus, if you will, chapter 18. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 4 together to learn this second point, which is this. The instructions say the crowd's usually wrong, but secondly, the instructions say to choose the Scripture over the culture. Instructions say to choose the Scripture over the culture. Look at verses 1 to 4 of Leviticus chapter 18. It says this, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You must not do as they do in Egypt, where you used to live, and you must not do as they do in the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you. Do not follow their practices. You must obey my laws and be careful to follow my decrees. Do not follow their practices, he says. Instead, follow my decrees. In a culture that is increasingly avoiding anything negative, any consequence whatsoever, the scripture tells us not only what to do, but what not to do as well. There are trends in education, there are trends in parenting, there have been for the last 25 or 30 years. And perhaps I'll give them the benefit of the doubt in this moment. Perhaps well-meaning psychologists who are, who are still nonetheless misguided, uh, in my opinion anyway, um, and many are progressive, this misguided psychologist, want us to believe that positive reinforcement is the best way to discipline a child. The problem with that is the child never learns that there's consequences to their behavior. And if we never learn those consequences, we can never see God's hand in his way and learn to follow it. Uh, that's, if we don't learn what to, what to do and what not to do and why we should do this and not do, do, do the other, we're going to make the same mistakes everyone else is making and generally probably do what everybody else is doing and blame somebody else for it. It, it wasn't my fault. I didn't have enough information. I didn't know the right, wasn't told the right thing. Um, we, we just uh, finished last week, in fact, a series called When to Say No. Looking at things in life that we need to say no to, uh, or by saying no would save us a lot of heartache, a lot of disappointment if we don't do that. And the Word says there are reasons for the do's and don'ts in life. This book says that. Uh, it, it is where we glean the wisdom to know the difference, difference between those two things. Consider this with me. Eight out of the ten commandments tell us what not to do, not what to do. You know why? Because we're born with a nature to sin. We're born with, with, fleshly, with, with, with a fleshly bent. We're born with, 
with the desire to please ourselves, and we'll pursue that, that self-pleasure unless we're directed to do otherwise. And that's, that's exactly why this book says there's some things not to do. There's, there's some areas not to go in. Uh, it, it is that sin nature that we want to feed um, by, by pursuing what we want. And this book says to choose the scripture over the culture. Thirdly, not only do the instructions say that the crowd is usually wrong and to choose the scripture over the culture, but thirdly, and this sounds a little bit redundant, but the instructions say to be instructed. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 5. It says to be instructed. Deuteronomy 5 verse 1 says this, Moses summoned all of Israel and said, Hear, O Israel, the decrees and laws I declare, watch this, in your hearing today, learn them and be sure to follow them. The decrees and instructions in your hearing today. Hear these decrees, he says. This is obviously before the canonization of Scripture and before the written word as you have it in your hands today. So at that time, the word of God was delivered by the servant of God, the man of God. He says, hear these decrees. In essence, listen. Look, look, watch this and listen. Catch this. Uh, you, you may not read it, but you, you should hear it. Pay attention to what matters. Uh, there's so many things in, in this culture vying for our attention. Uh, and there's a plethora of things uh, vying for our attention that really don't deserve the time that we waste paying attention to them. Um, as I've said, oftentimes, in, in the loss of uh, Billy Graham, uh, the world, world lost a worthy compass, I believe. But it also lost a, a champion of the Scripture. As I've shared with you, when Billy was interviewed, sometimes about cultural things or social ills or uh, you know, right and wrong issues in our culture, his answer would almost always be, the Bible says. You know, the Bible says such and such. The Bible says this about that. Uh, it, it is, it, it is uh, uh, intended to be heard, intended to be searched, intended to be studied, intended to be lived, intended to be walked out, and intended to be shared as well. If we're going to be able to discern what is of value and what isn't, then we're going to have to know what this book says. Because it, it tells us what is of value and what isn't, what to look for, what not. Joshua 1.8 says this, uh, verses 7 and 8 of, of Joshua 1 says, Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it, on it day and night so that you may be careful, watch this, to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Get in it. Focus our attention on it. He says, this verse says, not to pick and choose what's convenient for you, to, to read it all, to learn it all, to walk it all out. 2 Timothy 3.15 says it a different way. It says, all scripture is God breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking. Rebuking, rebuking means saying no. Rebuking correcting and training in righteousness or right living so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Um, it's, we, we should be in, in a constant state of scrutiny based on what comes across our path and, and through our mind, scrutinizing those things and filtering those things by way of God's word. What does God's word say about that? What does it say about this? I need to find out what it says before I form an opinion and shape a value around it. I need, to, I need to search what the scripture says about it so that I can believe what God wants me to believe about it. It is the source 
of, of determining what's truth from what's a lie, what's right from what's wrong, what should be believed from what shouldn't be believed. And it's impossible to do that correctly apart from the Word of God. It is impossible to do that correctly apart from the Word of God. His, his Spirit instructs us in, in, in that direction. And we use the Scripture to do that every time. The crowd's usually wrong. The instructions say to choose the Scripture over the culture. The instructions say to be instructed. Finally, and this may sound a little bit redundant too, but the instructions say to follow the instructions. <laughs> it says to follow the instructions. That's the latter part of verse 1 that we just read. Learn them and be sure to follow them. Learn them and be sure to follow them. Not just hear them, but learn them and be sure to follow them. In fact, the learning part is often the easy part. It's the following part. It's the, ac- it's the action part that we have so much trouble with. And, and that, that gets to be more difficult. Why is that the case? Because the crowd and the culture are going in the opposite direction we are. In fact, uh, we often, or should be often, appear to be, to be swimming upstream, swimming, swimming upstream to the extent that, they, that the culture starts to ask the questions, where is he going? Where's, where's she going? And even a better question is, I didn't even know there was another way besides the way I'm going. I, I've never seen another direction, another way. So if they're going in a different direction, if they're swimming upstream, perhaps there's another, something else to see from that. There's another way that I, I've not seen. And the beauty in that is we don't have to navigate the way. The Lord Jesus has already navigated the way. All we have to do is follow after him, get in behind him and follow. How do we know where he's been and where he's going? He's left us a map. And the map is, is what's in your, in your hands. And it's, it's far better than the GPS in your car. That if you get off track, we'll have to give you a route B and a route C and recalculate you back to where you're going. There's no recalculating here. You just get back into, into the Word, back into the Scripture, and you don't have to find another route, because another alternative route to go, because he's got the route to go. And it is us who swayed away from it, not him. So when we get back to his route, his direction, his plan, his roadmap, we'll find our way back, thanks to the grace of God. And he is, he is good. So all that to say, it's okay if you've gotten off course. In fact, it's okay if you've gotten way off course. There's a way back. There's always been a way back. There'll always be a way back for him. And it's thanks uh, be to the grace of God. His Holy Spirit's faithful to let us know when we're going astray. And he will use this book and remind us of the things we've heard from it and read in it. He'll use this book again and again. And ignoring that truth that the Word and Spirit always work together it's kind of like going to the doctor to find out what's wrong with us. He gives a, a prescription to deal with that. We don't get the prescription filled. I mean, here it is in front of you, in your hands today. Uh, the instructions, the book only makes sense if you know the author. John fourteen six says that I'm the way, Jesus speaking the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How do we know that to be true? Because the Bible tells us so. The Bible tells us that story. So couple of observations as we wrap up. The first one is this. Trying to follow the scripture and the culture at the same time is a lesson in frustration and futility. Trying to do both at the same time is a lesson in frustration and utility. Futility. We watch, I watch at our house, American Pickers. And I've heard Mike Wolf say a number of times to folks, that he's dickering back and forth over the price of something too. You can't have the money and the memory both. If you sell it to me, the memory's going with me because I'm going to value it and resell it. You can keep it, 
and not sell it to me. But you lose the money. So you can't have the money and the memory both. And that's the idea here between the culture and the scripture. We, we can't straddle the fence between the culture and the scripture and expect God to direct our ways and us to see his hand and his path going, for, going forward. Um, second observation is this. Is we make dozens of choices every day. You and I do. Uh, Food Club or Mayfield. Pilot or Exxon. Uh, paper or plastic. Pizza or salad. We make all kinds of choices every day. Culture or scripture is the one that shapes every other choice we make. That choice between scripture and culture shapes every other choice we make every day. Why? Because the values are different. The motives are different. And because those two things are different, the outcome is different, should be different for us. Um, Culture and scripture shapes every other choice we make. And if we'll learn to follow the instructions that choice gets a lot easier every time. But we've got to follow the instructions. We can't wing it and expect God to redeem it. He's done that before because he's gracious. But he expects us to follow the instructions. When we follow the instructions, life starts to work. Is it sinless? No. Is it always easy? No. But it starts to make sense. And when it starts to make sense, we start to be fueled by that and encouraged by that, and rightfully so, because the Spirit making the Word make sense. And the Spirit in us, revealing the Word in our hand, starts to be a fire that cannot be quenched. And we get more and more hungry to, to follow Him more deeply and understand Him more deeply. Our maturity grows. Our walk grows. Our influence grows. Questions start to come in line. Why are you swimming upstream? Didn't even know there was another way besides this way. Tell me about why you're headed in that direction. Why you do, tell me about why you handle money differently. Tell me about why you raise your kids differently than I do. Tell me about the things you, you don't do that, that, um, that we do or the things you do do that we don't. The questions start to come when we start to live with a level of confidence because we understand what the, what the book says about life. And as we're walking that out and living that out, those questions, God will redeem to himself and, and, and cause people to come to know him. That's why this is so important. That's why following is so important. We, we can navigate our own way and occasionally get lucky and, and do something according to his will. Or we can intentionally get our nose in this book and learn and see what his will is and then find our way uh, following that way. God will bless it every time. Let's pray. Father, we need to follow the instructions. You've given us a book and you've given us a spirit in our hearts as we pray, pray to receive you as our Savior. Those two things are the source of spiritual enlightenment. We may hear a message on Sunday. We, we may pick up a book at the bookstore or back in the toolbox and, and glean some truth. But the greatest truth you can speak to each heart in this room, each, each heart that knows you as your Savior, is this combination of word and spirit. This combination of our reading your word and the spirit making it come alive for us. Such that we see the way to walk it out, we understand it. It's making more sense. Because the spirit has enlightened us has revealed, has pulled back the curtain to reveal this is the way to go, follow after it. You, you do that every time. Yet, here we are sometimes wondering why is my life working? Why, why, why am I not having a greater impact on my culture, on the friends around me, on the folks at work, on my family? It's because we've gotten away from the map. We've gotten away from the road map. We've gotten away from the direction you intended for us to walk. Teach us today the value in the word of God the value in the marriage of the Word and the Spirit, and the value of walking that out 
and following after what it says. You'll use our life for your glory if we'll do that. Give us the courage to do that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.